from the land of the free and the home of the Chiefs, this is the Locked On Chiefs podcast. Free agency hit like a ton of bricks, and there are Chiefs implications all over it. Welcome back to Locked On Chiefs. I'm Ryan, the host of RGR Football on YouTube, as well as Rogue Analytics, and the Matrix is almost here. I'm going to have the initial go of all the athleticism rankings for every position up this week. You can look for that on Rogue APC. It'll be in my Twitter timeline. I'll have a discount code for you guys for all you early adopters from the podcast that want to jump in and grab that guide. Then later in the season, we'll circle back and we'll get all the draft profiles like we do every year along with the production information. Now, production information is important because that's part of how players are evaluated. And right now, the free agent frenzy started off, especially with a lot of high output players. And it wasn't just free agency. Some big trades going on. A lot of movement. Uh, on the first day of legal tampering, quote-unquote, Chris Jones did get the franchise tag. It's the first thing the Kansas City Chiefs did. They fulfilled a couple of options that we've told you about. Uh, David Wilson, David Williams, uh, both will be back. We're going to talk with Matt Derrick here in a few minutes about those guys and his thoughts on Jones as we record late this afternoon. Nothing has happened on the Chris Jones front, at least with him personally. There is some contributing factors that we're going to go over in just a second. But right now, no news on Chris Jones other than the tag has been applied, that he will end up having to sign that. And that is set at $16.126 million for the one-season tender. Now, the Chiefs uh, are bringing back Andrew Wiley along the offensive line. And it looks like they will not be bringing back Marcus Camp. Like I said, we're going to talk with Matt Derrick about both of those guys as well here after we get done with this first break. But right now, we have to talk about what's going on with Chris Jones. And it, it does seem that it's, it's one of two things. The franchise tag has been applied to make things happen. And could it be a trade with another team? It definitely could. Could it be an extension with Chris himself staying in Kansas City? That is definitely an option as well. It was a little bit complicated Monday afternoon by the trade of DeForest Buckner to old friend Indianapolis Colts, a team that I can't help but think was likely in discussion with Brett Veach, the Kansas City Chiefs, for another defensive tackle in Chris Jones. Now, Buckner's prearranged a deal uh, involving this trade that is going to pay him $21 million a year on average. That's huge, and that does present some conflicts for where Chris Jones is going to be. It's going to be about, is there a team that values Chris Jones's pass rush over Buckner's more well-rounded game? And that's what comes down to how they will see value in trying to acquire Chris Jones with a trade with the Kansas City Chiefs rather than waiting it out a year uh, and trying to pay him maybe next year when he should hit free agency regardless and there will be a bigger cap. So those are some of the issues. The other thing is that it also limits the expected return. Now, what the Buckner deal did was give the 49ers the number 13 pick. That's a really, really high pick, especially for an interior defensive lineman. So that is a quality amount of draft capital. Um, I don't think Matt's going to agree with me here, but we'll find out in a couple of minutes. But right now, I would say that while I don't think that you can get anything up that high, I don't think you can get above the 20s. I don't think a team, the highest that I think could be a trade partner is the Jaguars at 20. And if you do that, I think you could expect a fifth round to go with it, a fourth round possibly, and you would have to be very significantly lower in the first round in order to try to get another 
two or even a three out of it. I don't think a two is probably on the table anymore after the Buckner deal, but we'll have to see what the value is for Chris Jones because I do think it will be explored even if it doesn't come to fruition. So when we get back from this, we're going to get with Matt Derrick. We're going to see where everything's at with him and what he's hearing, and we're going to explore the Chris Jones situation even further. We also need to tell you that we have a great offer on At Last, the commemorative book that was written about the Chiefs and their Super Bowl victory. It was written by Matt Derrick, who you heard the other day. You can get 25% off of this book, all about the 2019 season, Patrick Mahomes and the Chiefs, by going to triumphbooks.com slash chiefswin. And you use the code LOCKEDCHIEFS25, and you get a quarter 25% off of the purchase price of At Last, the best book chronicling the Super Bowl victory by the 2019 Kansas City Chiefs. Hit triumphbooks.com and use the code LOCKEDCHIEFS25. Welcome back. It's Tuesday, so that means Matt Derrick has been able to pry himself away from the happenings around Kansas City to join us. How are you, Matt? I'm doing okay. Technically, I haven't pried myself away from anything because I've got ESPN on a TV. I'm trying to keep track of NFL Network. I've got all my Twitter windows open. (laughs) Seven tweet deck screens all as well. (laughs) If this turns into a live pod, I apologize in advance or I, you know, you're welcome. Either way, depending on how you look at it. I was going to say I got my fingers crossed, Um, not just for the pod, but just in general. Um, And it's probably a good thing that you didn't have to pry yourself too much. You know, stay at home. Don't don't go out. You know, there's 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 enough things to worry about, but the Chiefs have clearly have had a plan. We heard early about Cam Irving not getting his option picked up. And then today, one of the first things that they announced was that the other two options are being picked up. So Damian, Damian are back. Uh, That was pretty much what I had thought. But does anything surprise you about that? No, I mean, neither one of those moves, you know, really surprises me at all. Damian Williams is absolute slam dunk. I mean, for what he's given them. Absolute bargain. I mean, mm-hmm. would you like to see a little bit greater durability? Yeah. I mean, you'd love, love to see that. But he handled all of last year, you know, with LaShawn McCoy coming in, handled it like a pro, uh, kept working and grinding through a lot of injuries last year. And then once again, you know, you get late in the season and he just does nothing but sizzle. So um, to me, that was a it was a no brainer decision. Uh, Damian Wilson, I thought the same way, too. I mean, I, I get some people think he's a little pricey, but. Uh, one, you know, whether options are there out there, you know, really there's, there's not an, a, an affordable alternative to Damian Wilson. And they got a guy, the Chiefs got a guy who I think you would hope that year two into this system gets a little bit more comfortable, can be a little bit more productive. As is, he proved to be, I think, a really good, um, you know, kind of, you know, niche nickel or kind of a backer role. Um, he's got a really good nose for the football. He can, you know, he can create some turnovers. So for that, for the value, I, I think they got what they need, especially if you're looking at the linebacker position for this team and they're going to need to go through a transition. It's, it's not, I think, a revamping of that position right now. It's, Hey, you know what? We got two veterans and, and Hitchens and Wilson that we can build around for 2021 while keeping an eye on trying to maybe find the guys who can come in behind them and be the future of that position. Yeah. Yeah. And clearly there's some opportunities in this draft to get some more of the, athletic nickel oriented linebackers available but you know I've been I've been treating it like this that those guys are nice all around backers and you can go lighter you can go the uh you know the Isaiah Simmons type that is a true nickel that's nearly a hybrid safety most of the time but you still have to have one of your backups be a guy that can come in here and crush skulls against the run game 
But that guy is clearly now the back seat of any linebacker room, especially if you have six or seven guys in that room. Yeah, I mean, you know, it's the NFL's way it is right now. I mean, everybody wants guys who can cover. I mean, that's that's bottom line, even at linebacker. Um, you're right. I mean, getting the guy who can really, you know, thump in, in the run game is, is the one they're hard to find. And, and two, they're just not a priority anymore. I mean, they're looking for people who are that. Now, what the Chiefs lack and what they would love to la- have is a guy with a little bit of physicality and some speed, a classic Derek Johnson, 26 year old type. That's what they need to go find. That's what you're you're hoping with what this linebacker room you've got right now. Those are the guys. These are the two guys that can help you transition. Maybe finding the young guy who can be and grow into that for you. Yeah, and I think there's going to have some opportunities. We're going to talk about that probably next week when all this uh, craziness settles down that has been Monday's free agency period. Um, another guy, a guy that you talked to quite a bit, is coming back and seems pretty happy about it. Andrew Wiley will be back on the offensive line. Um, they tendered him to a point that I don't. I don't think he's going to get an offer from anywhere else. Do you? No, I mean, I I think for the for the, and he's still technically an exclusive rights guy, I believe. So mm. you know, it's so with that tender, I mean, he will he will be sticking around. Um, I mean, and hey, he's he's an affordable option, and when healthy, Andrew Wiley has been a player that this team really likes, and um, you know, he battled a slew of injuries last year. Um, you know, tried to drive through all of it. Um, you know, came back at the end and. And at the end of the season, I mean, it was really, hey, you've got a, a, a healthy Stephen Wisniewski or an Andrew Wiley who's been banged up. I mean, that's why they went with Wisniewski there at the end. But you still see a lot of upside in Wiley. He is, and he's a grinder. He's a, he's a nice, physical, athletic guy. So there's definitely still some potential there. Anything else that they moved that maybe either I missed or that you're expecting them to do rather quickly? No, nothing really stands out. I mean, I, I think the only one move that maybe early on that does surprise me a bit is not tendering Marcus Kemp, um, you know, once again, an affordable player, somebody who's been a very good special teams player for them, um, has been a guy who really looked like last year was maybe coming into his own as a receiver before that knee injury in training camp. Um, wouldn't have been a guy that cost you a lot, but I think at this point, you know, they they know that with the ACL injury, it's, it's probably going to be close to training camp before he's fully healthy and ready to go. Uh, even though I know from talking to him, his his rehab has been on target. He's been moving along um, and feels really good about where he's at. Um, but you know what? It's a rehab space, you know, with the team. And it takes up a spot right now. You know, in, in those cases, it's not uncommon for NFL teams to go ahead and let guys go ahead and rehab on their own. Mm-hmm. Um, and that certainly seems like the case in this point. I wouldn't be surprised if some teams are interested in, in bringing in Kemp. Um, but I also know the Chiefs are also still interested. So, it wouldn't be a surprise if once he's back to 100% and closer to camp, maybe he comes back. Yeah, that, that was my initial inkling as, as well, but I'm glad that you brought up that there are other teams out there that know him. Like wherever Brock Olivo is, you can think that they'll have some interest. So that's fair enough. The big thing so far today, and folks, we're, we don't have any information about any other big moves by the Chiefs. If that happens, we'll let you know. But right now, the biggest move of the day is one that kind of affects the Chiefs, in my opinion. This, um, I don't know if you call it highway robbery or what happened with (laughs) (laughs) New Hopkins getting traded for a second round pick to Arizona. Um, Bill O'Brien's off the rails, right? Uh, Even if you told me that DeAndre Hopkins was going to Arizona for a second round pick, I would have thought, my goodness, that is an absolute fleecing. But then when you tell me that 
Houston's taking on the guaranteed contract of David Johnson. Oh my goodness. And sought the trade to begin with. <laughs> you know, and hey, I get it because there was a lot of indications that, you know, the Hopkins and Bill O'Brien were at cross wires, that there was just no way that maybe the two of them were going to be able to peacefully coexist. If this is the kind of thing that Bill O'Brien thinks is a good move, I think maybe there's a reason why those two guys could not coexist. Uh, but yeah, you know what? I, yeah, I, I, you know, the moment that the Texans ever said that they were going to go without a GM and it was just going to be this group by committee, I just could not help but think that this is going to be an unmitigated disaster. And now, my goodness, I I don't even know what to say anymore. I don't, you know, I don't I even know what to say. <laughs> I, I, one one just, is they have to be prepared to take advantage of this wide receiver class, right? So, Bill, if you're listening, um, you need athleticism. Come find me. I can help you make some good decisions. Beyond that, though, it affects the Chiefs a little bit just because we have this connection of Hopkins and Watkins. So does this now go to um, Brett hangs up the phone with Bill and tries to get over to Steve Kine? <sighs> wouldn't, I wouldn't blame it. I mean, this point... You got hell. Heck, I, I'd call it Bill O'Brien and see who else he's willing to give away for peanuts at this point. Um, you know, and and this is actually a kind of a weird one. The first thing I thought actually was that I, I know from talking to people in the, in the Chiefs organization that there was a good, you know, general feeling that it might have been Texans Chiefs for that Thursday night season opener mm-hmm. because you get Deshaun Watson, you get Patrick Mahomes. You know what? If if the Texans look like they're in rebuild mode. And they're not going to have anything around Watson. Maybe that's not a marquee matchup anymore. We'll it's, it's tough. I, I feel for Deshaun Watson. In fact, we, we might have to do a whole other show on the ramifications just for Deshaun and around the league. But that all sets up about what's going on with the Chiefs and their decision making. And right now, folks, we have no information. We're going to take our break and we're going to proceed with discussing Chris Jones and the options there. Because nothing's happened yet, but we may be recording this in a minute. So, so as I said, we're going to function as. As of right now, we recently heard about the uh, the Buckner trade and the contract that he's looking at. $21 million per annum puts a lot of pressure on the Chiefs and I think honestly degrades their their negotiating power a little bit because I, it's one thing to try and sign him at 18 or 19, but if, if you figure that the market's been reset, and first of all, do you feel that that, that Buckner deal resets the market? Yeah, it certainly looks like it will. I mean, one, you know, the the Buckner deal, I think, sets the ceiling, first of all, that if the Chiefs did want to move on from Chris Jones, it sets the ceiling of what the return is going to be. If the return that that the 49ers are able to get for Buckner is, you know, 13th overall, one, the Chiefs aren't getting any better than that. So forget the idea of a first and a second or even like a first and a fifth at this point. I mean, if that's the value for Buckner... If you're getting a first round pick from anybody, you're not going to get anything else. I mean, it's just going to be a first round or nothing. Um, if you settle for less, you know, maybe that's when you could get maybe a second and an additional, you know, mid to late round pick. Mm-hmm. But, you know, as far as what you're going to get back for Chris Jones, this sets the ceiling at that. I don't think anybody's going to pay any more than that. And the other thing that I usually see in free agency is that, you know, and trades a little bit less so, but particularly with contracts, but it seems like the people who make the moves the fastest make some of the worst deals. 
because mm-hmm. I will say this. I mean, if and I, I was thinking about this with almost every single contract that I saw in the first hour this morning, once the, the tampering period started, if there's a, a player and an agent out there that's accepting your offer in the first hour, that's because you've overpaid and you've made a serious mistake because they know <laughs> that there was no other team willing to do that. So, you know, Hey, could, you know, this just be, Hey, maybe the, the, the maybe the Colts overpaid early to get that done. Hard to tell. And you're right. I mean, the contract is going to be the next big part of it because all indications are that Chris Jones wants something along the lines of five years, 100 plus million, 60 plus guaranteed in that ballpark. Mm-hmm. And I mean, that's what we've been talking about. That is a big contract. So if Buckner gets done first, I mean, that's going to set all sorts of floors and ceilings as far as what Chris Jones is going to get. I don't think either way, I don't think a contract for Chris Jones, I don't think a return for Chris Jones is going to be bigger than Buckner because I, right now I think he's viewed as the the better all-around player. I mean, as far as somebody who can play both the run and the pass, he's not as good as a as a as a pass rusher I don't think as Chris Jones is, but mm-hmm. I think the reputation around the league is he's a lot better as a run defender. Mm-hmm. And right now he's probably generally considered the better player. So, like I said, I think that sets, you know, what the expectations can be for Jones. If he doesn't stay, if he does stay in Kansas City, then, yeah, the contract is going to be the big part of what he gets. If Buckner doesn't end up with something north of 100 million, then Chris Jones isn't going to get that either. Right. And I think that's the only thing that they can they can rely on is having that ceiling come down a little bit. It it seems like this makes it a little more far fetched to get the extension done, which then, uh, of course, goes back to possibly playing on a one-year franchise tag deal, which I think no one wants. That should be what should be avoided, right? Yeah, and, you know, and, and hey, you mentioned the, the 21 million number. I mean, if that does come out to be, you know, like a five-year, 105 million deal, which I think would be reasonable for Buckner, uh, once again, I mean, I think that sets the ceiling for Jones, and I don't think that necessarily he would get that value. I mean, I think he'd be a little bit less. So at that point, you know, hey, are, would the Chiefs be willing to go five for 90? something in that ballpark. Mm-hmm. Um, or, and, and the other thing to consider too, is just the relationship between these two sides, you know, is a five for 90 deal from the chiefs, the equivalent to Chris Jones, a five for 90 elsewhere with how things have gone. And, you know, with Frank Clark getting paid from outside the organization, mm-hmm. emotions can play a role in this. So, I mean, that, that does make me, you know, wonder about that. I don't think either side, particularly now that the CBA has been done, neither Chris Jones nor the Chiefs really want him to play under the the franchise tag for this season. It's not ideal for the Chiefs because it's a big number that they would have to find a way to, to wedge into this salary cap for this season, which is going to be tough. I mean, next year when the cap money starts rolling in like crazy, you got plenty of room to squeeze them in. And getting a deal done with Jones right now that would allow them to reduce that number for this year would be key. And there's no at this point there's no you know really reason for Jones not to to try and get as much money as he can as quickly as he can. So I, I don't think he wants to necessarily play under the franchise tag, even though there is going to be crazy money available next year. Yep. Now the CBA is done and teams know what they have. He can get a deal that will get him the money that he wants, but it just means that he'd have to probably get a big signing bonus, low base in 2020. And then he's it's a it's a lot backloaded when you know the Chiefs free up a little bit more space as as the cap increases and some other numbers go away. Yeah, and that has been their their mo in years of late is trying to backload so that they can have some outs. 
I just don't know if that's – it almost puts the impetus to tread water. Like you said, if you feel like next year and the, the jump, the expected jump in the cap, which it, I would expect to be much more than it was this year, maybe that has somebody like Chris Jones. And I agree, I, I wouldn't call it animosity, but they're certainly not you know rosy-colored friends uh, trying to work this deal out. Maybe treading water for a year is what his agents come up with as a reasonable way to get to that bigger cap number that might get him a longer term, bigger number contract. Yeah, I mean, and and like you said, I mean, I don't think this is necessarily animosity is right. I wouldn't use that word between these two sides or anything, but I don't think there's any depth and emotions have you know been a part of this, and they've been a part of a lot of contracts, so. I, I I think that might end up playing a bigger role than than we might think in how all this plays out. Um, but you're right. And I go back to, you know, you mentioned as far as how the Chiefs, you know, try to do their contracts and everything. Um, they they got a lot of try to shoehorn together here. And it's going to get tricky over the next few years because they've got some yeah, curious things going on. And, and so, and it's not all, I mean, you know, with Chris Jones, I mean, they've got some other contracts that maybe they really just need to, I think that we're kind of built in to, to renegotiate. Frank Clark's is probably one of those that's, you know, built in to, to kind of tinker with the numbers a little bit, get him his money in a different way than because mm-hmm. they just needed to shoehorn him in last year too. Um, so there's, there's some other, you know, factors to consider when it comes to Jones and try how, how, if you are going to sign him, how you do fit him under the cap with some other guys. Well, I'm going to be really interested. Your gut feeling as we stand now, um, you know, late afternoon in Kansas city, uh, do you think that this is a trade still likely to happen, or do you think Chris Jones is in Kansas City in 2020? I mean, I I still think that there's a really good chance that he stays. Uh, like I said, I don't think either side wants the salary wants the wants the franchise tag play in the play under that. Um, if 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 it just comes to an impasse, then yeah, the Chiefs are going to have to make a move. I still think it's more likely than not that he's a Chief because. The Chiefs have continued to express that they want Chris Jones. Chris Jones has said he, he wants to stay in Kansas City. I mean, I think that both sides are willing to do that. But if 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 if, if the Chiefs can't get a deal done, I just don't see him playing to the franchise tag, which is why I, I I think there's a better you know chance of him being traded because you know if if they get they reach a logger jam over this whole thing, he's not going to stay around. Yeah, and in in the meantime. What the Niners have done is is lessened their their Fab Four front, uh, and now puts the Chiefs on more of an even keel. If you're going to compare defensive fronts, if, if Chris Jones stays, but they do have that that extra first round pick, you know that's that's quite a boon for the 49ers. I'll, I'll say bravo to uh, to John Lynch and getting that done. But I'm very interested to see what happens, folks. If something happens to change all this conversation, Matt and I will be back in a little bit. Um, but Matt, thanks for jumping on now and, and telling us where we're at. Absolutely, Ryan. Great catching up with you. That's where we are right now. If something does break about Chris Jones, we'll jump back in here with either a bonus episode or maybe I'll have to re-record this before we even get started. But if you're listening to this and you've gotten to this point, thank you. We appreciate it very much. And we'll have more information for you as it becomes available. Thanks for listening today. We'll talk to you tomorrow. Ryan Tracy is the founder of Rogue Analytics and the host of RGR Football on YouTube. Follow him there. Chris Clark is a senior analyst at ChiefsDigest.com where you can get his work. Rate and review at Apple Podcasts and subscribe on your preferred podcast platform. Thank you for listening.